Um, you know what I found out recently? A couple of bumps. Other than that. What? Wait, what kind of bumps? The ones you like sniff or the bump kind that you oh, feel no. on your labia? Labia bumps. You no, discovered I don't have any labia bumps. Oh, my lovely labia bumps. Hey, bitch, over here. Bitch, bitch, over here. Over here, bitch. Bitch, over here. Bitch, bitch, over here. Bitch, bitch. Are we going to talk about sex? Bitch, sex, 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 sex. Oh, Monica, you're being chilled. Bitch. Welcome to Bitch Over Here. I'm Jonas. I'm Laura. And we are Real Talk with Unreal People, serving us some flax steak. Smothered in bitchy gravy. That's right. So, how have you been? Uh, me or the people? Everybody. Oh, hey how, guys. How, how's everybody been? I, I, I just want to know how the whole world <laughs> Um, Let me check the emails from the whole world. They are not doing so great. It's Labor Day. It's Labor Day weekend. Uh, we're taping on Labor Day weekend, and um, it's kind of a long weekend. I'm so happy to be not working right now because it, I just needed some rest. And it has been hotter than... AP. What is up with the heat, actually? The heat's been kind of unbearable. Even in San Francisco, where I work, it's, it was actually over 100. Yeah, you guys week. hit a record, right? 106? One oh, yeah, in San Francisco. 105, 106. One of those. One of those. One of, and then there's a bunch of fires burning, so that's why it's kind of gross in the air, too. So it's Oh, like, that's what it is? Yeah. I didn't think it reached all the way. I know there was some in L.A. I didn't know that it kind of wafted up here. No, and kind of Oregon's on fire. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the world's on fire. California is on fire. And, then, <laughs> and we're uh, on fire. And we're on fire, damn it. And then there's that flood in Texas, right? The flooding. True. And... But I don't know if that's a, a separate uh, weather system than what we're experiencing. God, But everything, you know, sucks. is connected. So yeah. everything. Just like our bodies and our souls. And our minds. In our minds. That's right. So a lot of people have been asking us why we call this show Bitch Over Here. What do we call this show Bitch Over Here? Well... It used to be, uh, well, let me just go all the way back from the very beginning. All the way back from the beginning. And we're talking high school. And this was about years ago. And uh, when Laura and I went to high school, um, I was apparently a fan of hers. So she so she claims that I was Huge a fan, fan of hers. I don't know what happened. He, like, I think he just got tired of my, he learned my It was and... yoga. No, if you remember. No, that's, no, no, no. That's college. That's college. In high school, we took a uh, a physics class. It conceptual, was conceptual physics because we weren't smart enough to take real, real physics. physics. <laughs> so we and had to get the concept. Conceptual <laughs> physics with Paul Hewitt. Do you remember Paul Hewitt? Yes, I do. He is probably on some... Is no. he dead? You think he's dead? Wait, no. Paul Hewitt was the guy that we watched on the shows. Our, yeah, our physics teacher was a... He kind of gave me a... Who was the guy? The Unabomber vibe. He kind of gave me like that. Kind really? Of vibe. Yeah. I just thought he was a little you and kind know. of a creeper, predator. Yeah, I'm not gonna use the words that I was thinking in my head, but he was a little. <laughs> in any case, any I learned way. a lot of physics from that class, specifically how to handle like people like Laura. I guess because yes, <laughs> <laughs> because it's one of those things. What goes up must come down. I don't know what that means. Oh, he's saying that my fame at the time was at an all-time high, and then he brought me no, down. No, you didn't. To, you didn't or, peak in high school. No, I no, did no. Not. You peaked. I definitely far. did not peak in high school. You peaked. You know. I peaked. We're all. We're both college. on the way down. So let's let's just get that out of the way. But anyway, the name. 
Our name. Bitch over here. The name. <laughs> Getting back to the name. <laughs> um, back in college. Let me just go back to college. Forget <laughs> high school. <laughs> back in college. Um, we were both very attractive. Uh, well, we still are. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's, that, that's just Let's a just given. When we, I, I kind of reconnected with Laura in college because we both went to a a local community college, college. <laughs> a local Concept- community college, from conceptual physics to, to community college, college. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess, clung onto her because of a particularly uh, favorite class of mine, also known as uh, philo- Which philosophy oh. class was that? I think it was just a philosophy one, one or. Some, yeah. In any case, we took that class, and then I abandoned her, <laughs> and then um, we took. We got the pa- we got caught passing notes in that class, <laughs> and Jonas was shamed. And I in front didn't of show a up. live studio audience, and he like could not handle. So he left me alone. Well, it was to... also wasn't it also at eight in the morning? Yeah, like, it was an early class. It was an, and I know and I you couldn't... needed your sleep. And... Well, at that time I was a big club goer. Uh. And he so didn't have it was, hair, fancy hair that he had to do. So. And and club clubbing takes up a lot of time. Yeah. And you just go out every single night partying. And I never drank, so it was all about about dancing. God, dancing, I was fit back then. Cough syrup, robo. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, people don't do this. When I was young, um, I was broke. And the only way that pe- we thought that we could gain the... Same high as ecstasy was to buy a, a <laughs> bottle of Robitussin, also known as Robo, drink that, and then down it with like chocolate milk. Ugh, so oh. yeah, yeah. I I forgot about the chocolate milk part. Yeah, you're supposed to follow it up. So and why does it have to be chocolate instead of regular? I look, I have no idea. I was just like, cool. We have less than twenty bucks, which would have been a hit of uh, like of one E pill? at the time. Yeah. And we couldn't even afford that. But we could buy an entire bottle. By the way, I didn't even buy a bottle of Robitussin. I bought, like, the generic Lucky's <laughs> brand of Robitussin. Jobotussin. And I was with my friend Lucas. And, um... Who's dead now. JK. He's not. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. to teach the kid a lesson, it can lead to death. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well we went clubbing. And I just remember getting it, it just felt more like drunkenness than anything like extreme drunkenness. But people were telling me that I was uh, on the dance floor, like swimming, <laughs> like just moving my arms and flailing like because it's like it's coding, right? Or yeah, I was in there. Yeah. I, I don't know. Purple but drink. Pretty, pretty much. It was okay. sort of but with a chocolate Oh, that's so good. See, gross. but see, here's the thing. I was like, I'm a tough kid. I'm not gonna do the chocolate follow up. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Oh. So I didn't do that. And so then... it was all Robo, in my body. <laughs> and then I, who was scared of doing any type of drug because I already have a delicate brain chemistry, um, so I got my high off of making fun of Jonas and his doing Robo, his his budding drug. Um, so I came up with cool things like Pepto. Or the biz. The no, biz. The biz. We call it the biz. Because that's doing... what you have to do after you do a bunch of robo. Your stomach's all up, upset. You got to do the biz. Um, did we come up with any other? I, there was a whole bunch of them. Yeah. In, but <laughs> it, in any case, I just remember when I started to get sober and I was going to like puke it all up. I just remember telling my friend Lucas. I just remember telling my friend Lucas that I, you know, I need to excuse myself. Hey, guys, I'll be right back. And then, you know, he pretty much held my head up while I puked. And I remember 
him telling me that I said, this is so not glamorous. Like, <laughs> this is not glamorous at all. So, what was the point of the story again? Uh, oh, why you were late for our philosophy oh, class. Why? <laughs> <laughs> why, why? That was you, like a yeah. funky way to meander and to the, the overall story is how we came up with uh, this, the name of this show. Well, when we were at the bookstore once in our like hefty you, community college. You get your list of books that you need to buy for your classes. So, And apparently, here's the thing. The term bitch to me is sort of a term of endearment. Right. Even back then. And this was, you know, years and years and years ago. And it, it's not particularly set to a gender. It's not particularly attached to a meaning that... Female dog. You know, or, you know... Yeah. And I understand how how some people can react differently to it, um, but especially a sheltered white lady such as myself. <laughs> so one of the things that I called Laura at that time was, "Hey, bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> While he in the said bookstore. it. Yeah, you, I think he said, "Stop being." No, you might have said, "Stop." Being I might have said, "Stop being a bitch." And he said it loud, and I was very shy at the time. Or I, I might have said, "Hey, you're a bitch." Or, yeah. Something along right, those on, lines. But you had a way of, you knew what would get me going because I was shy. I, and... To be honest with you, I actually had no idea. I but, know that. <laughs> no, I, well, we'd known each other not, not too long. Too long at that junior. time. Yeah, maybe about three years. But we never, we really started hanging out in college. So you were. Because of that wonderful yoga class with that guy with the gorgeous eyebrows. Gig. Gorgeous eyebrows guy. Yeah. Gig. God. All right. But anyway, so we're in, and he says, maybe it was like, hey, bitch, come on, bitch. And I just kind of was like. <gasps> she made a, that. It's sort of like uh, if Maggie Smith had yeah. like gotten a pot <laughs> poker in her butt. Like, like just. He was <gasps> ruining the allu- illusion for me that here I, you know, I'm it's my first I'm time. I'm prim in junior- and proper and I'm in junior college. Yeah, I'm in junior college. And I get respect from all the men. It's so, it's, <laughs> it's like being in Wellesley. So like, I, I think I was pretty upset, and I... She didn't talk to me for a good, <laughs> like, two, three weeks? Yeah, it was... Like, it was, it was like, impactful. It was impactful. <laughs> and then we talked about it, and I don't know, we always, like, whenever we fight, it's usually we do, like, the silent treatment. And then, <laughs> it's so passive-aggressive. Yeah, and then we end up talking again. And then we end up, ha- like, hashing it out and trying to figure out, um, or just getting over it. But yeah, I, I think, so we decided to name the podcast bitch over here because like from that, then I just got used to it. Then I got more comfortable with myself and I got more, um, well, I didn't care. Like, <laughs> and then eventually it, there was a point about 10 years ago in which we were walking out of a target and I just went, hey, bitch, over here. And I just was like, okay, <laughs> without <laughs> so, anything. So moral of the story is when you call your friend a bitch and she freaks out. Hang in there for a couple of weeks. She'll come <laughs> yeah. around. Because then you might end up naming your show, your podcast, a book after it. But, a um, book? A Did book? I hear a book? Are we writing a book? We're writing a book. Yes, we are. But uh, it won't come up for another three years. At least. Because we're probably going to have a fight in between. And we got to, you know, cooling off time and then we'll get back together. Because and, we'll... and then I'll call because I call her a bitch this time for real. <laughs> and also we wanted we did go through a lot of names um, before 
ending up on this, uh, ending up on bitch over here. Uh, Nerdy thoughts. Dirty thoughts. Dirty thoughts. By the way, thoughts meaning T-H-O-T-S. So that hoe over there. Yeah. That, um, there was a whole thing. There was an entire list of just that hole over there. Um, there was inside. Nice. I mean, this our thing. This bitch over here is kind of inside. Um, but it actually, we want this to be a podcast where we can kind of vent a little bit, and um, people can write in and vent and a little they bit. Do. Bitch, if you will. So, bitch over here. Speaking of bitching, yes, I did not know about. <laughs> Whitney Houston. That she's dead? No, no, no. <laughs> I just saw a documentary on Whitney Houston. It's called Can I Be Me? <laughs> oh. And Can I Finish? Can I Finish? Can I Be Me? And one of the things that the documentary talks about was that, which Bobby Brown also admits, Google these people up, young people, if you don't know who they are. And if you don't, then you've been living in Iraq for about 20 years. But apparently... Whitney Houston had a best friend slash lover who was yep. an open lesbian in her life whom was very, very close to Whitney Houston and sort of strained the relationship by having Bobby Brown. The, her relationship with Robin was a little bit strained because of, of when Bobby Brown came into the picture because she sort of was the creative director and she managed Whitney. Oh, she was her manager? Well, managed in, in an emotional sense. Oh, I mean, okay. you know, she Whitney had her managers and she had her handlers, but Robin was such a, a powerful kind of figure in her life that, you know, that's why all those lesbian rumors started, even Show back in the, the 80s. Show me the receipts. <laughs> Crack that's is whack. My, that's still my favorite, I think. Show Whitney. me the receipts. Yes, <laughs> I know, right? That, that was the Diane Sawyer interview, right? Yeah, when she... Because people keep receipts of their illicit drug deals. Anyway. <laughs> Show me the receipts. Sorry, go ahead. But um, even Bobby Brown claims that, you know, if Robin it was still accepted as part of being Whitney's life, that she probably would still be alive today mm. okay. because her bisexuality was sort of untalked about. It was not very... Um, she had a, an image in her head about being prim and proper, and she was only, you know, she was only given pop songs and all these ballads. She wanted to go R and B, and one of the things in early in her career that she had to f- seriously fight for was credibility in the R and B community because she was a black artist and she wanted to be known for making black music. But she was only being given the pop treatment, and she's only being given like, you know, the Celine Dion kind she of. She never effect. went like my. Miley Cyrus. She never. What's her like dirtiest song? She she couldn't. She didn't want. She, you know, she didn't have that kind of marketing. I mean, they marketed her really well, um, and I guess a lot of artists are like that way. But it, I guess, it took a toll on her. She did drugs prior to even becoming famous, mm. but it is that sort of just exacerbated, like, you know, the drug use and and if Robin sort of held it together. But after Robin had left her life, it seemed like that's when Whitney totally crumbled. And it was just an interesting take on, on the Whitney Houston story, and I thought it was just an interesting um Had you, you know, not heard? Because I've always kind of heard kind of rumors about that. Was this the first time you heard that? Whitney no, I mean, we've, we've, all, we've all been familiar with the rumors about Whitney Houston and, and how she kind of lived her life secretly. But, and, and, but the whole manufacturing her to be strictly pop um i wasn't really aware of until the documentary 
and I wasn't really aware of the extent of how Robin was much, very much part of the relationship. Oh, like um, a bigger she played a bigger role. Right, and 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 it's unfortunate that we lost the voice, but you know. Do you it think happens. that maybe the drug use was about not being able to be herself? I, I would say so. I would say, based on that documentary, it was a really big part of it. If she was able to come out, and it would wouldn't affect her sales, and it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have negatively affected her career because it would have been acceptable. She'd probably. Do you think she'd still? Like we don't know. That's just speculation. Well, that's the thing, and and one of the things the documentary also points out is that not very much is talked about black female sexuality. You hear about black men, black gay men all the time, but as far as black female sexuality is concerned, it's not even really talked about even to this day, as enlightened as we are supposed to be about these issues. Um, and also, her mother Sissy was like gospel background and and had religious background, so. She was very much also in control of her career in the that's early... That's a big... That's probably the religion part, too. Yeah. And so, I mean, all of this stuff, the drug use, all of that yeah. just kind of came to... And I, I just thought it was interesting. It was on Showtime. It's called Whitney. Can I be me? Show me the receipts. No, not the, show me the receipts <laughs> part. It's just... But what about you? What have you been looking at or recently uh, exploring? Um, actually, this is a confession, confession. that you're going to find hilarious. Oh. I finally finished all seasons of glee <laughs> and i'm sorry I, i'm i'm bowling over right now like <laughs> i am not a musical person i don't like musicals um i just i was kind of more interested into gay jonas's track because he knows me um it's it's so very gay um i guess it's maybe i took the uh what do they call that? Marijuana is the gate. Yeah. The gateway. I took the gateway drug of RuPaul just drag race and watched that for the first time. And I said, why not Glee? Um, so it was <laughs> on Netflix. If it wasn't on Netflix, I probably wouldn't have sought it out. That's actually one of the good things about Netflix, I got to say, is, is yeah. once you kind of, it suggests shows based on shows you've watched, right? I guess with, with Hulu, the same thing. But, it, you know, you kind of go, oh, okay, that might be interesting. Let me ask you then, what what was the first appeal of of Glee? Well, I do like Jane Lynch. Like she's always funny in whatever movies uh, she's in, um, and what I've seen her in. So I did. Uh, I know she was a big part of it, and then I knew it was this huge. You know, there's Gleeks. There's this whole thing oh, is that around what they're called? it. Gleeks. Okay. Yeah. The. I thought pop. that's just when you try to spit something in between your teeth. No. <laughs> you oh yeah, that is. Yeah, that's it. Um, there was, when I was a store manager at Starbucks, my, a lot of my crew was into it and I just went like, oh my God, <laughs> please don't break out in song. Um, so I guess it was like one of those, fine, I'll, I'll see what all the, I just kind of wanted to see what all the hella blue was about. So I, I did not, like I would fast forward through songs when I was nah, I can't deal with it, but it was good character development and... You know, it was it was funny in places, and I just kind of got caught up in it like a tele, telenovela. Um, of the drama. So, yeah. how many seasons were there? Because I, I look, it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to confess, and they're probably going to take my gay card away. But I haven't really seen. I've seen maybe like four episodes of their entire run. Um, one was obvious. Here's the obvious one. I watched the Madonna Jane Lynch when she oh, did yeah. Vogue. Yeah. 
and I watched Kurt when she when he did Single Ladies. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like those were the two. Elle and Charisse. Charisse the the Asian the Filipino girl that that sang. By the oh, way, oh yeah, yeah. By the way, she's no longer Charisse. She's now known as Jake Zyrus because she's gone through a transition period. Oh, that's interesting because so the thing about Glee at that time, they did a they had the lesbian relationship between the two cheerleaders mm-hmm. um and they had the gay relationship between the kurt and blaine right as they the gleeks that's darren chris right yeah yeah and you know he's filipino he's half filipino oh i can see that now yeah. yeah anyway um so i'm filipino that's why i bring it up yeah. <laughs> if you can tell everybody what what's wrong with that what's wrong with that no, I lost my train of thought. So I, so for the time, it was kind of groundbreaking, kind of TV. It really was. Like I, I'll give it that. For the, oh sorry, we're under attack. Um, yeah. If this podcast ends right now, you know what happened to us. Doo, doo. Oh, I'm trying to bring it. So they covered that kind of stuff. They covered uh, Kurt's coming out to his father. At the time, it was pretty groundbreaking. They covered, there was the relationship between um, two gay guys. (laughs) And then there's also two cheerleaders that got into a relationship, lesbian cheerleaders. And then um, they covered uh, somebody transitioning. The PE coach uh, went from a woman to a man. So stuff that like a lot of kids that were watching it were going through, like you don't typically see that kind of stuff on TV unless you're watching like Lifetime or... A very special episode so they right. kind of had it was kind of reminded me of a very every episode was a very special episode for the most part and with what was kind of intriguing with singing and dancing. yeah and they would and they kind of made fun of themselves so that they with like oh, i guess you know i always carry around my guitar they kind of poked fun at of just like the the sudden burst of yeah of song or like we should break out in song so i really got like where I'm going to Wikipedia and I'm looking up these people. Um, and I got super, I gleeked out. Like I got into the show. I'm like, okay, there's something about <laughs> Would you go to a glee, a gleek? Would you go to a, a glee convention? Uh, probably not. No? I would read about it though. <laughs> um, and then I found out the guy that plays Puck has been oh. arrested. There's like, so when I, I knew about that before watching that, so I knew that Finn was going to die because I knew about that. So that was, you know somebody watching it after the fact and then i knew that puck is kind of a, the actor that plays him is kind of a creeper because he's just he was arrested for having child allegedly yeah yeah alleged, allegedly on his um computer uh his computer so that's such a shame because I, I actually thought he was kind of handsome well yeah so i just kind of like eh, just kind of make it and it even i even uh purchased a book written by Naya Rivera. Oh, Naya Rivera's book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was on RuPaul's Drag Race. Is that where you found her? I don't even... She was a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Sometimes... No. I just go... It was the episode... When was RuPaul? I don't remember, but it was... It was when they were doing the newscast and they were interviewing somebody. Naya Rivera was who they were interviewing, right? Oh, you mean the recently one? The recent one? Yeah. Oh girl, you maybe we need to rewatch that episode. Yeah, Naira Rivera, I thought was a guest because she he, she was also on um, RuPaul's podcast right that, around the same time. And I didn't know her then. No, see, look at that. Yeah. Bam. 
Yeah, I hadn't. So she was the one that was interviewed by both teams. Yeah. And the awkward, like, stop. And then Charlie Hyde's, Dame Charlie Hyde's was like, and we're going to go to a commercial break, like, all of a sudden in the middle of everything. (laughs) Okay. No, I now, so I didn't get into, I don't know how I came up. Um, I think uh, it was advertised. Netflix brings people closer together. It it does. But her book um, that I ended up buying is called Sorry Not Sorry. So it gave kind of an in um, her, into her past and stuff about when she was on the show Glee and uh, I guess she, I get not a guess, but she had an abortion. Oh my God. Be, uh, like while she was on the show. But the guy whose kid it is, she ended up marrying. And so now she has kids. Um, she just, it just wasn't the right time um, during the, it was like the, it was either the second or third season. Wow. So That's it's, crazy. It's a good book overall. It's got a positive, like she's been through a lot and she kind of, describes kind of how it you know hollywood and the machinations of that and they really did kind of work those kids really hard um well at the time too i remember people were trying to get on the show and trying to claw their way into being a part of the show um (laughs) uh, gosh what's her name the one that her, her she plays the lover um Oh, Brittany? Brittany. I like her. Yeah, she she's probably my favorite character. She used to dance for Beyonce. She in the if you look at um, performances with Beyonce doing single ladies and there's a blonde statuesque chick as a background dancer, that's her. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, I thought you might find that amusing. I find it amusing because I for a, I know you're not the type of person to sort of gravitate towards the dramatics in that way. Yeah. Yet this is one that's overtly dramatic <laughs> and it was a musical so it's very surprising to me that you would be into it i mean it's cool i'm glad you're expanding it's like once horizons. i got started i'm like oh my god i want to see are they gonna win nationals <laughs> i got like kind of and then they did rocky the rocky horror picture show they did that oh um they had a gaga versus Katy perry there's the madonna episodes yeah madonna they did michael jackson um, so I'm not saying I did not. I did fast forward through a lot of <laughs> songs, especially kind of like the the long, like, yeah, that was me singing. So we're going to get into some emails right now. Emails. And um, <laughs> I got an interesting email, actually, about uh, just workplace etiquette. Um, and it sounds like this person is really angry. <laughs> I gotta say. Is it me? Um, Did you write one? (laughs) Did you write an email into our... By the way, if you do want to ask us anything, please go to your browser and your email. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. If we have to explain how to use email, maybe they shouldn't be. That's true. (laughs) Email us if you want to hear what our opinions is on whatever sob story you're going to send us. (laughs) Email us at hello at bitchoverhere.com. That's hello... Hello. At bitchoverhere.com. <laughs> so, I got a quick one from, I don't know who this is from. It says, Bill shall remain anonymous. 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 When a younger, frustrated job seeker encounters, encounters a pompous baby boomer mm. who thinks he earned what he has, how can we politely remind him 
that we are struggling so badly because his generation destroyed everything. <laughs> 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 While I <laughs> I can definitely see the uh, younger person's side and, you know, I do in some ways agree with uh, how the baby boomer generation expects, uh, I don't know, they expect kind of respect, kind of unearned respect. And this is very general, so <laughs> I, it's not like all baby boomers are like this. But and they expect I see that. kind of it's like well we did it, but they had different conditions growing up. The conditions were they could actually purchase a house, you know, with what they were making, and there were jobs when they got out of the job market, and um, they just have different. They had you know why don't you want a family right away? And it's it's. The baby, the millennial versus baby boomer is kind of, I don't know if it's played up in the media. Um, it or, totally is. I, I mean, you're absolutely right, though, um, that, that people are operating under much different circumstances these days. Yeah. But I think in previous generations before the baby boomers, they were probably accused of certain things just as well. True. Um, yeah, it's always this generation, Barbara, you know, you're older. And and it's not even a dichotomy of whether or not what generation you were born in necessarily. It's more like the circumstances under which you operate now or during your generation is a completely different one than what you people were facing back then. Mille- millennials are tend to be seen as lazier as, as a as sort of like a, a, a stereotype. Because we have information at our, at, at our fingertips these days that we can just kind of get it. So there's no need to remember a lot of stuff. Yeah. Or and, and whereas do a people, bunch of research. Yeah. yeah. Whereas people as in, in previous generations had to like open up, you know, volume 16 of the, the encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. People actually went to the libraries without having to rent DVDs, you know. And so I just think that it's a completely different thing. Now, as far as whether or not the baby boomer generation ruined for us, I'm not quite you know anything for for us I'm, I'm by the way when i say us i mean future generations i'm totally not a millennial i'm no are we almost we're no we're, we're not like, gen x we're like millennials there's like a the between us yeah we're not quite gen x we're at the end of we're we're 90s kids though like millennials we're what mid 80s see even these numbers we're exennials it's like exile oh zennials we're zennials that's what it is but with the x yeah. Because we're right in between Gen X and Millennials. But we're kind of old. <laughs> but we're, we get more, like... We get it. That's the that's the good thing about, I think, our generation. Yeah, we understand, we like, why the Millennials are how they are and why the Baby Boomers are how they are. Um, so, But going into a job and already having... Maybe that's not... Maybe that's just a good, like, hey, this isn't the right job for me because if I'm going to be working with these people of an... Uh, of another generation and I can't bridge I can't do it on my side and bridge the gap and they're not trying to bridge the gap to me like maybe this isn't the right that should be maybe just a a flag like hey maybe I shouldn't work here and conversely if people already have that thought about you because you're a millennial and you're trying to get a position why would you want to work there they're already stereotyping you like why would you want to work in a place that you're going to have to to always defend yourself just because you're younger um, or you're from a different generation. Exactly. And hopefully, you know, it, you don't have a work environment in which that is very much the case. And if so, then perhaps it's time to move to something where you're more comfortable with. And as somebody who has uh, been the manager of 
mainly millennials, they aren't lazy. Like, yes, there's, but every, everybody's going to have, if you just have a, you know, a staff in general, some are going to be lazy, some are not going to be lazy. So, um, I, they actually worked hard. I'd rather, I think I'd rather work. There, there's some things that annoyed me, um, <laughs> about that's, them. That, I mean, that's true. But if I had a whole but, staff. But that's with anybody. I mean, yeah, if I had a whole staff of baby boomers, there'd be stuff that annoyed me. They'd probably think like, oh, why are you in charge? You're younger than me. So it's kind of, it's all about the individual. And if you're already getting a vibe from this hiring person that, you know, oh, you're being looked down on because you're a millennial, then it's probably not the best company to work for. And I know there's plenty of companies that would actually prefer millennials over hiring older people. So you just have to find like kind of the right fit for you. It's always, it always goes back to, for me, it always goes back to that um, idea of what can I do for to make my situation better? Um, or what did I do to sort of help create this environment in which I might feel? But if it's like a interview and you're already getting like guff, that's kind of... That's true. Yeah. Or if you're already being triggered to stand up for yourself, uh, to me it's that's a ba- like, It's a bad situation yeah. all around anyway. And you Good can't one. claim millennialism <laughs> no you can't and, yeah. and much in the same way that you know baby boomers because they would say ageism if you know like if you were inter- interviewing an older person put yourself in their shoes and throw out their shoes <laughs> but let us know um yeah let's write know back how... to us and write back to us and let us know how that goes because i would love to be interested in what the outcome of this situation is hopefully you find a good job or if you already have one hopefully you stay in it and and it's good for you and if you don't... And you work with uh, a variety of people versus just not, like, all yeah. the same people, <laughs> the same type of person. Like, I, like it, it's always funny to me whenever I go to different areas of the country where everybody's kind of homogeneous. Homogeneous? Yep. Homogeneous. Yep. Homogeneous. <laughs> Jesus, I can't even talk. Homogeneous. Homogeneous. <laughs> Ho- me. Uh, homogeneous. And um, where there's very little diversity. Yeah. And, you know... It, it, oh, it's, I don't know, for some reason, my comfort level goes way down. Same. Like, I really enjoyed being the minority at San Jose State, because when I went to college, I was a minority. Being white, like, you know, oh, the white person is the majority, but not there. And I actually, like, liked it better. I'm like, oh, I'm different. <laughs> like, you or, can celebrate it now. Yeah. I'm, yay. <laughs> oh, but no, I, I got to learn so much there with different cultures, and it was... It, it, it was a better experience because of the variety versus like this. I wasn't uncomfortable. Like you're saying, I feel more comfortable when there's different. Right. Yeah. It, like it's sort of like, have you ever seen children of the corn? Yeah. <laughs> it's I, like, no, but I know kind of the vibe. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, it freaks me out when I'm <laughs> it's just the same molded person comes out of the same, same type of thinking, same type of style. It just freaks me out. I guess it might have been the reason why I dressed very differently um, back then when yes. I first met you. Yes, tiny prince. Anything Filipino else? prince. It's Filipino. What about you? What's uh, what else have you been keeping your time with? Oh, I have a. Thanks for asking. No. <laughs> I have a. I just want to get your feedback on this quote that I found. That I found like, I I kind of liked what it was saying. So, but I want to get the. Homo genius. No, I want to get the ho- homosexual <laughs> viewpoint. Yes, because I represent all of us. 
So I want to get, so I, I have a quote here and it kind of spoke to me. And I just want to get though, whenever I read kind of relationship books and read things, uh, but you know, I know these books are geared towards women. Um, I kind of just wonder, it's like, do gay guys have a bunch of relationship books that they can, that are just geared towards gay relationships? Other than the one that we'll be writing in the future? No. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> Actually, there's probably plenty. I just don't know of any right now. Okay, you haven't read I've, like no. a specific, um, I've read one called Why You're Not Married. Um, so I think a gay guy could like. There's, I think there's plenty of books out there. I mean, there's some from, uh, I believe his name is Michael Signorile. And then, um, anyway, continue. Oh, anyway, <laughs> so here's the quote. And I wish I had the, anyway, it's, it was somebody in our um, Instagram kind of feed. It was one of those. And we follow a lot of kind of relationship uh, podcasts and things. So it was a man chooses a, this is a quote, a man chooses a great woman as part of a spiritual journey to bump up to a higher level. A great woman is the inspiration. If a man chooses a lesser woman for lower chakra reasons, i.e., Casual sex, for example, he does not want to do the work required to shift his consciousness into a great man. You can always see the character of the man by the woman he chooses. And, end quote. That's an interesting uh, quote because, on some level, I, I kind of, I kind of agree. In that, the person to whom you choose to spend the rest of your life with or, you know, choose to partner up with, rather, is a reflection on you. But um, the thing that kind of strikes me different as far as gay relationships are concerned is we don't have the dichotomy of being able to point out roles Yeah, that's in the same it, way yeah. that heterosexual couples tend to um, gravitate towards even, you know, before and after marriage. Women are also, you know, certain expectations of how women are supposed to behave and how certain men are supposed to behave and, and yeah, how like the they woman, should... What if a woman wants to choose a man that's more spiritual to level up, so to speak? Right. And, but... and that was the thing, too, that kind of struck me a little bit different is because in the particular quote that you read, it's on the basis of the woman being chosen as if she was more like an accessory True, like to a his great woman. Journey. Yeah, if a man chooses a lesser woman, lesser in quotes. Yeah, and it, yeah. It's, it seems like the focus is more on the man specifically choosing a woman as as sort of, rather than the other way around. What was that? Um, well, I think in, uh, like there's choosing on both sides. Sure. Um, and how I see it is, like, you know, like I've been... I have definitely been guilty of choosing the wrong person because I wasn't ready. We all have, I'm sure. So I've, cho I've chosen the wrong person because I knew it was going to work. I didn't want it to work out, and so that's why I chose them. So I think overall I'm just taking this, like, for the permanent partner. How do we say that? For the long-term partner, you really want to choose somebody that's going to help you grow both ways. Fat, fatter, and... Fattest. Smarter. No, um, in the end, and we all, in the end, the I love think, you give is equal to the, the love, love you, get. you take. I think in the end, you end up finishing yourself off anyway. <laughs> I think if you're looking for a long-term relationship, it's 
best to have someone that's going to grow with you and, and challenge you. And For me, at least. For me, the best thing that the biggest criteria that I look for, other than a hot, sexy bod. No. A giant <laughs> penis, yes. I mean, that, that helps. Is one where I don't feel like I have to put up walls anymore. Um, mm. So you can be yourself. Yeah. What is your issue? Do you need a tissue? I do. I always need a tissue. What do you think about manspreading? Ew. If I, I would probably, I, I did have to take Bart for a while um, into Oakland for a job. And Oakland, California. Oh, yeah. for those of you that are from around her. And it is, and on the plane, t- traveling on plane, it, like, I try to be as small as possible. I guess women are trained to be that way. Oh, that's for another subject. That's another topic we can Put a discuss. pin in that, ladies and gentlemen. Put a pin. Uh, but yeah, I try to be, you know, I try to be, what's that word? Considerate. Considerate to my fellow travelers. <laughs> and, you know, I don't sit in the handicap seat or the one for pregnant, elderly, or handicapped. Um, I, even if there's no, only if there's like nobody else on the train, I'll do that. But, it, or, you know, no, you know, enough seats, exactly, is what I'm saying. But man spreading, like, I just want to know, as a dude, is it uncomfortable to sit with your legs together? Like, does your junk... Like, is it like screaming out because you're not giving it enough air? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like blue balls. That's fake, and I know it. Oh no 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 no! I've had. <laughs> I can tell you for one hundred percent, like accuracy, that blue balls do exist. Blue I don't balls. know if they're the cause of. But you can't die from them. No, no, you can't. Yeah. But they are pretty, pretty it's fucking bad. painful. Okay. I knew it was. Like, like... I was. I was dating. I was, an ex a long long time ago this was like i don't know 15 years ago and i'd never experienced it before and i didn't know the term blue balls and what it meant yeah but we were at a safeway and we were just kind of like i don't know hard up for like some action and we were just both into each other and of course we're in a safeway we're not going to do anything this was at the safeway at the marina in san francisco i'll know to avoid that for your expired jisms (laughs) (laughs) and we were just so excited to be with each other. I, I mean, we weren't like erect at the store or anything, <laughs> but the fact that we had you, to sort of you suppress. You weren't poking the produce no. with your boners? No, that's unsanitary. <laughs> but Sorry. it was just so, I was, we were but just. We were in the bakery it, section doing it to the pies. There's blue balls on aisle four. Basically is what happened to me because I, it, like I couldn't walk. It hurt <laughs> so <laughs> it hurt really bad. Where, have you ever been kicked in the balls? Oh, yeah. So what, which is worse? Physically getting kicked in the balls because that involves a lot of like force skin pressure. stuff. Okay. All right. Force pressure. Whereas this was coming from the inside and I couldn't walk. And I didn't feel like I had to throw up. Like, I, you know, yeah. if I got hit in the groin or anything. But it, it just hurt so bad that I need. And, and the thing is, at that time, I didn't know that just being, doing like a release yeah. is kind of. That's how you help Alleviate it. it. Ah, yeah, people don't because you you have the cure, right? Yeah, hand and some spit. <laughs> okay, so you have it is a thing. It, for but sure, it's, it's curable. A thing. 
It's like, well, yeah. Quickly. You just gotta go and like I don't know, <laughs> go in a corner. Don't I don't recommend doing it. You know, relieving yourself in public, but you know, go somewhere nice. Maybe light a couple of scented candles. Yeah, just really treat yourself. Just really, you know, <laughs> take a night out. Maybe go sit in a tub. <laughs> sit in a t- soak in a tub with some lavender oil. And I think it's the guilt yourself. that guys put on girls that like, <laughs> blue balls. No, no, I, no, that's wrong. Because you can relieve yourself. That's okay. not, I mean, you know what I mean. It's not uncurable. That's what I want to get. No, you no, you relieve yourself. That's ladies. Yeah, no, ladies, if anybody tells you, oh, you have to do something, blah, blah, no, no, no. <laughs> you hand them, like, some tissue and some lube. That's, I mean, you're good. Okay. Unless so, you're willing to pleasure them, in which case, you know, that's all the fun. you help them with their issue. So. Exactly, you're helping them. But, no, it's not, like, an excuse. Going back to manspreading, though, as far as balls are concerned, I gotta say, I do think I feel more comfortable when I'm, like, like you know, balls out. Right. I mean, right now I'm sitting legs akimbo. <laughs> <laughs> That's because great. Because it feels good. It's you're comfortable, but there's nobody sitting next to me. There's nobody. If somebody was next to me, it'd be like, oh my god. So what, what's the equivalent of for women? Lady spreading. <laughs> that just, just sounds up, dirty. I think it comes down to. I think guys are just naturally going to sit like that. But so knowing that. Have the but when you're in public or when you're in a tight, crowded area, have consideration for the people around you and maybe put it in, like reel it in. Reel it in. Just to, <laughs> I, I've been on uh, Bart plenty of times in which I'm annoyed by the guy next to me just completely. Yeah, man-spreading. like I'm sure it happens guy to guy. Yeah. Like, what do they have? Man spread like two guys sitting next to you? Do they have yeah, man it's like a bunch of, battles? It's, yeah. What do you do? <laughs> But I, I don't think it's considerate. I think you have to be very cognizant, especially in public, about how much space you're taking. And Not was to man say... spreading like ever, like in old timey travel? Has this been an issue from the beginning no, of time? I, I mean, it must have been, but it wasn't until recently that, you know, men have been called out on the kind of bullshit of certain things. So, mm. you know, man spreading, I'm sure, has been around, but we've just accepted it. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, writing before. They came up with kind of the term man spreading. Yeah. I think if I had, I think if I had to take public transportation all the time, I would. It would just be like. Argh. I mean, just <laughs> I, if anything, just be considerate. If anything, just don't like. I'm not saying to not take up your space. No, like but you I have am, a chair to sit in. Yeah, you know. But don't encroach on other people's space by fully just going, like you know, spread eagle. <laughs> On a seat. Because just... you know, like, when you're... Tra- oh, Jonas is an only child, everyone, so he doesn't understand when you Thank are you. going on a family <laughs> vacation and you're in the back seat with your brother or sister and it's like, here's the line. You draw a line down the center of the seat. Don't cross the line. Is um, that what your mom and dad did? No, it's what you do with your sibling. Like, oh, you went over the... You, know, you went over my space. Yeah, that's, this yeah. is my space. Uh, keep your leg over here. Like, you're in my area kind of thing and you know that happens when you're a kid and have siblings and are establishing your boundaries i feel like if somebody's manspreading uh they shouldn't be been out of shape if somebody tells them like hey you're in my <laughs> you're in my there's a line there's here. a line yeah you, this is where your seat goes and like this is you know where my seat is so how do you as a guy have you ever confronted anybody about manspreading only once and I did it passive aggressively by rubbing on his, by rubbing my <laughs> leg on his, on his. 
Like, what do you have any recommendations for? Because these are strangers, you know, and you don't want to like piss off a psycho. And if you're a woman, you don't want this guy like following you up Bart and like what? <laughs> what is he gonna do? You didn't let me spread my <laughs> legs. Well. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's a legitimate question. Um, how would you navigate being able to decide, how about speak to a stranger about we it? We ask our listeners, has anybody, woman or man, had success in reining in somebody's manspreading without, like, starting a fight? <laughs> I would also like to know if any listeners out there have experienced blue balls. And I would love <laughs> to, <laughs> because I would love to talk about blue balls some more Let's and the pain that I suffered blue about blue balls. It's it's serious. It's it's a serious thing. I know, thing. and I I'm sorry for not and not that I would like dismiss somebody. Have you ever you have you ever given um you should dismiss somebody if you don't feel like doing anything about yeah, the blue yeah, balls. Yeah, yeah, but like I it's that trying to pull at the heartstrings. Are you the, gave me blue balls. <laughs> Pull up my, oh, you gave me blue balls, you bitch. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's every guy I dated. That's how they They've talk. seriously told you that you're giving me blue balls. and It's like, it's like used as a. As in a guilt emotional, excuse? That's blackmail. Emotional yeah, blackmail. It's emotional blackmail. Like, hey. you hurt me. You hurt me. You hurt my balls. You, my balls. you hurt my balls. You hurt me. <laughs> Man spreading. So, yes, listeners, write to us at hello at bitchoverhere.com and tell us about your manspreading or anti-manspreading <laughs> right. stories. Yeah, I, I, and I'd like to kind of hear from a balls. pro... What? Blue balls? No. <laughs> I, I am happy with your explanation of blue balls and now I will be more considerate if I cause them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and flattered as well. But um, no, I, I'd actually like to, if there's pro man spreaders out there that are like, hey. Yeah, actually, yeah. If there's Yeah, let's hear from like, you know, this is why I do it and this is why I think it's okay. We may, when we read your email, give yourself a voice like this. Or like this. Oh, uh, this is why I do it. All right, all right, all right. But you know, we'll hear your side. Because that's what we do. We hear both sides. Well, so that brings us to a particularly easy subject. What's your kink? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about your kinks if you send us your kink. And don't say blue balls <laughs> or manspreading. Because those are taken. Because those me. are already taken subjects. But if you have a kink, write to us at hello at bitchoverhere.com and tell us what you're into. <laughs> I'm into cats ruining your... Well, like, I've listened to other people, and one of the things that one of the girls liked and um, on the show, one of the ladies, had mentioned that she was into cleaning. <laughs> oh. As a kink? As a kink. Like, it turns her on very much when like, someone is cleaning. And not so much like, you know... Is that just to get her dude to, like, clean up? No, no, no. It's more like movement. Like, if, like, this, you know, like, wiping the table oh. and that, that back and forth. That heaving, or like you know, making slow soapy circles on the linoleum floor. Laura doesn't get where that reference is coming from, but just that kind of those movements and uh, that that her that's like such a big turn on. What about you? What's what's uh? Is there any kink that you'd like to share with us, Ms. Laura G? Not yet. Not ready. <laughs> She's gonna come up with one by the next show because we're gonna leave you. With blue balls. With blue balls. <laughs> That's my kink. 
Leaving like, guys with blue balls? No, because that's mean. I'm not like, I'm like 20% S, 80% M. Wait. <laughs> I like to SNM yeah. all day. You what? I like to SNM all day. day. <laughs> Stand and model. Stand and model. It's like a little bit of ping with the pleasure. Is that a kink? Yeah. That is that is the kink. But kink. like I said, 20% pain, 80% pleasure. Mm, I like that. I like those odds. Yeah. Like I don't need to. I like yeah. that ratio. And slippers. <laughs> Am I that much of a whore? Was I? I mean, back in certain times, yes. Yes, yeah. I lived vicariously through you. Actually, that was a topic I wanted to bring up: the fact that I have always been envious of gay men being able to just to do it. Yeah, and just like it not being a big like the deal. the frivolity of yeah. just being able to be intimate with somebody without because having no to matter I've tried tried and i it's not i'm wired a different way do you and i think, don't know if that i'm and as much as i try to like block it out and use you know techniques to not get emotional it's like my hardwiring is do you think it is hardwiring though or is it do you think are you referring to being a woman or are you referring more to you specifically i guess it's me i'm not a one night stand type of person i'm a and i but i had to try it to make sure right. like i thought like you know other stuff wasn't working out and it's like well maybe i'm a one night stand type of person maybe i'm not a relationship person and nope that is not true <laughs> so, so yeah so i've always kind of been envious of that is there like or have you been envious of <laughs> i think <laughs> no, like... i think for me early on um when i was you know in in the hookup culture that we currently have and yeah. you know and certainly among gay guys, it's it's kind of easy. I mean, if I wanted to, I can get on an app right now and, and probably get somebody in, to come in here and, and do me in the bathroom in yeah. about twenty minutes. Yeah. Well, we while we talk while I talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> you just 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 put a microphone in the bathroom. You, <laughs> you gave me blue balls. Okay. <laughs> That's the excuse, right? One of the things that I learned early on in terms of navigating through like just the hookup culture that we have, especially here in America, um, is separating that idea of love and lust hmm. um it'd be great if they came in one package but a lot of at least for me i was able to learn early on how to separate the two uh the physicality of sex and versus the true intimacy of sex what about you listeners what is your best hookup story or how do you navigate hookup culture these days yeah. It'd be an interesting Whether you topic. be millennial. Zennial. Zennial. <laughs> Gen X. Or a baby boy. Or a, ba- or a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't have sex if you're a baby. Baby, I need Babies baby. making babies. Baby. <laughs> babies no. making babies. No. Babies, don't please don't write in. That's actually, I was listening to a podcast actually about, about how we're not taught about sex. No, we're not talk- taught about all the complexity that comes with it. Of emotionality. It's more like um, how to avoid getting about pregnant. getting pregnant. Yeah, and, it's more like abstinence. Your, yeah. I mean, e- even the whole protection thing. People really don't know what they're protecting themselves from. Yeah. 
we don't really know what people are supposed to know about sex and how to navigate it. When you're a teen, when you when you go through sex education, all we get is don't be pregnant or use a condom if you're going to use a condom. They don't tell you how to emotionally navigate. No, and that sucks because there's no way to kind of differentiate that, both guys and gals. I'm when, sorry, but are you there, Margaret? It's me, God. Are you there, God? <laughs> are you me, there, Margaret. God? It's me, Margaret. Was that your... um? That's how I learned about period. Oh. No, I mean, and my mom. But <laughs> Please subscribe to us at bitchoverhere.com or on iTunes, as well as check out our website at bitchoverhere.com. There's going to be more content and more stuff coming up soon. Also, I have a blog called nerdlyish.com. Please follow that as well. And you can also find Bitch Over Here Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening. And this has been Jonas. And Laura. <laughs> and Laura. Oh, fine. Thank you, Jonas and Laura.